everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Ecom Elevated. I'm your host, Pete from Soapbox. We made this show for listeners like you and mine who are looking to grow, build, and succeed in the e-commerce industry. However, this landscape is consistently changing with new players, ideas, and business models being introduced daily, which at times can be a lot to manage. That's why we sit down with industry leaders to discuss their tips for success, reveal their secrets of the trade, and so much more, which you can use to elevate your business above the competition. Welcome, and I really hope you enjoy the show. Did you know that poor business marketing accounted for nearly 25% of startup failures in 2021? And honestly, I can see why. There's so many different ways to approach finding new customers, and each business will have its own unique set of challenges that you will need to overcome. So finding that right person or team to handle this process is ever so crucial. Our next guest has successfully co-founded and operated multiple seven-figure companies over the last few years with the help of his very own marketing agency. And he's here to share some of the tips on how we can achieve the same success. So welcome <laughs> the COO of Doe Media, Mr. Nick Rashke. Hi, Nick. How are you doing today? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, Pete. Of course. Super excited to have you on the show. Obviously, when it comes to marketing, it's a really big topic. And I'm really happy that you're on the show to you know, help us through some of these, these complicated <laughs> situations that people need to face. Yeah, I'm excited. What, what it's, been a, it's been a wild ride this year. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I know you guys have been around for a while. Um, Dome Media, I think you started back in 2019. Tell us how you've been helping e-commerce brands capture large audiences. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, we started January 1st, 2019. I had been, all my partners, we've been in serial entrepreneurs for seven to 10 years for some of us, you know, starting and selling businesses, growing businesses and working with companies, you know, from Movement Watches, HelloFresh, taking them to over 100 mil. And just wow. recently, we just signed a deal with AliExpress, which is amazing. So we've worked with brands, you know, big and small. Um, we amplify a lot of brands through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google, um, and Snapchat direct response advertising. We also do uh, web development, SEO, and email marketing just to do that full, uh, full um uh, full marketing cycle. So we've been helping brands for a while now, just really amplifying. I think we've minted over 80 millionaires now, which is crazy. And we wow. just want to keep going. Yeah, that's, that's impressive, man. Good job. That's all I can say here. Uh, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, the marketing industry has changed dramatically. What are some new ways you're seeing uh, entrepreneurs engage with customers nowadays? Yeah, I think... It's crazy how much things have changed. You know, um, I think a couple of years ago, before the iOS changes, you mm. could just pop open a Facebook account, put some put some images out there, click a couple of buttons, and you know anybody could have been doing it. There was definitely ways to do it much better, but it's way harder mm. today, right? So yeah. what we're seeing is you, Facebook and Google are still people's bread and butter, still bringing in majority of purchases. Um, so, you know, while people say that e-com and all of that is dead, it's not dead. You just need a professional that knows how to do it now. Um, but what we're seeing on top of Facebook and Google is people double downing on SMS, which has, you know, been on the rise for a while, but it's really starting to replace email now. And, and not that not that it's truly replacing it, but just another add-on, you know, because mm-hmm. majority of people are going to see that text message, you know, and it's pretty low yeah. cost if, if done right. Um, on top of all of that, you know, I think this new wave of influencer and 
content creator marketing has taken a whole life of itself, especially with TikTok and Reels just blowing up. I think that it's a whole new outlet. It's, it's almost similar to the beginning days of Facebook and Instagram when you can get that huge reach. So, you know, I think partnering with people on like some of these micro influencers that can get 20, 30,000 views, well, that doesn't seem like a lot. And it's not as much as when TikTok, you know, started, a, you know, just a couple of years ago. You could still yeah. get really, really good reach at low cost, just sending people your product to review. You're not, you're not going to get that that reach organically anywhere else. Yeah, having that's that's been huge, right? Influencers have really skyrocketed. I, I want to say over the last three years, honestly. I mean, yeah, have really been a huge, you know, really influence in the marketplace when it comes to you yep. know getting products in customers' hands. I, I mean, I will yep. take the the voice of my best friend over some commercials. So it makes perfect sense to have you know normal people getting totally. that product and. Yeah, describing what's going on. But one more thing there that, that we're seeing that works really well that kind of meshes the two together of advertising and influencer. You know, for years we've been utilizing, you know, what we call whitelisting people's accounts. So let's say you get a content creator that's making this, you know, a great video UGC ad for you. Well, how about mm -hmm. you run the ads as that content creator for the brand, bringing them into your ads manager? We're seeing twenty to thirty percent lifts in in purchases, and about a seventeen to twenty five percent decrease in CPAs running content creator ads as the content creator, not as the brand. So that's a that's a huge piece that everybody should be using. Again, we've been doing it for years, but with the rise of TikTok and more organic feeling content, this is you know people can't notice it's an ad as easily if it's coming from you know Jim's account. Yeah. I mean, that's, I never even would have thought of that. So that's a great tip. Um, if you're out there, that's a good idea. You know, obviously posting through a, a, a organic feed versus a, you know, an actual business feed is definitely going to generate a better positive return. Yeah. That's, that's such a great idea. Um, and we talked about partnerships, right? You, you were talking about partnerships when it comes to influencers, but this also leads us into your first tip on how to choose the right partner, right? Which is a lot harder than it actually sounds. Um, what are some advantages and disadvantages of deciding to go with a partner versus just doing it on your own? That's a great question. Yeah. I've had so many partners over the years, some amazing partners, some pretty good ones and some not so great partners. Right. So yeah. I think if you can, having a partner is the absolute best thing that you can do, but you got to make sure that this person's willing to put in the effort like you are. Right. And that can be really hard. I, I think it's better to have no partner than to choose the wrong partner. Right. And, and you don't just have to choose a partner. Sometimes, you know, I've heard stories of someone was their employee for years and they're like, you know what, uh, Scott, you're so good. Why don't, I'm going to give you a piece of this business. I, I know you care about it, but I want you to care about it just a little bit more. And then you get some skin in the game. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just so important finding that right partner and, and being open to finding that right partner. You have no idea who you're going to stumble upon to find that partner. Like my partners now, I, inf I, I interned for my partner, Ramsey, eight years ago when I was in college starting one of my first companies. And he just happened to come through uh, the, the, agents, the agency that I was working at the, at the time. 
And I hit him up on LinkedIn after, and, you know, we just reconnected. And then a couple months later, he told me about, you know, uh, Doe Media at the time was called Prolific Media. Uh, and I said, no, I'm the perfect piece of the puzzle that you need here. So you never know where that partner could be. That was an eight-year relationship. And I have so many stories where I have a lot of partners today that I've had this relationship building over a long time. So I think that's, mm. that, that same sentiment, you, you can't just jump into a partnership even you know brands today, we get asked all the time, "Hey, can you get a? We'd love to give you some equity to partner with us." And you know we kind of say, "Hey, let's slow down, let's date first before we get married," because you know once once you sign that legal paperwork and money starts coming in, that changes everything, right? So yeah. I'm a big fan of dating before you actually marry to get into that partnership. But I think you know choosing that right partner, being open to it, because you want someone to lean on, right? Yeah. You, you can't, it's so hard. Solopreneurs are always, always failing. Like some of them do a great job, right? If, if you, especially if you can raise money and, and buy almost your partners, right? But yeah. no one else is ever going to care about that business like you do. And even in the agency world, you know, we, we come across agencies all the time, or I should say uh, people, uh, employees that we're, we're looking to hire. And mm -hmm. Half of the time when we find really good talent, they started their own agency, but they failed because they were on their own. They didn't have someone that was supporting, whether it was sales or clients, you know, what have you. So being a solopreneur can be really, really hard. So I, yeah. I give it up to anybody out there that's, that's kicking ass as a solopreneur. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. Running a business on your own is super stressful, uh, not to mention like the long hours and really the footwork, right? You're, you're the one making all the phone calls. You're the one setting up all the meetings. You're the one doing everything. And it makes sense why you'd want to go with the partnership type of, you know, hierarchy to make it easier for you. And I love what you said earlier. You never know who you will work for or work with in the future. So I've always thought of, you know, whoever I'm talking to, who I'm working with, making sure you have the best relationship because you never know when they'll come back around just like you did with, with Ramsey. And I know uh, you have Ramsey and you have Jacob as your current partners, right? Correct. So can you tell us about some of the struggles you actually face during your partnership journey? Because I know you had some pretty, some pretty good uh, stories about some of the previous partners you had. You know, my first, my first partner in college when I started uh, Crooked Edge Paintball, it was very evidently clear that I cared way more about the business than my partner, and, and no shame to him, and he was my best friend in college. So mm. I just, when I get, and that was when I really started building my entrepreneur self, right? I just knew I had to spend every minute of every day on this, right? And and my partner just he liked it, he did it, he did what he needed to do, but at the end of, you know, it's kind of like clocking out of a job, right? But when you're an entrepreneur, you there's no clock out. Like I was so obsessed with it, right? It was constantly new ideas, new things, yeah. all of that. So, you know, eventually I just got to the point where I felt like I was doing majority of the work but still splitting all the profits. And so I, I reached out to him and said, hey, look, you know, I want to save our friendship, which I care way more about. Let's just split mm -hmm. the whole, let's split everything. I'll pay everything and let's just continue our friendship. I'm going to take the business and just, you know, do that. And, and, and honestly, it was the best decision ever. So mm -hmm. that was, but, but that could have went really south, right? And, and yeah. I ended up taking that company and selling it later on, but I may not have been able to do it. I may have had to stop 
altogether, you know, I've heard horror stories of getting into legal battles and, you know, it's kind of like getting divorced, right? It's, (laughs) it literally is actually getting divorced just in a business sense. So, you know, that was luckily a a good ending to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that at, at Doe, I don't think we'd be where we are without having a partnership because, you know, we, we rely on each other so much and we yin and yang so good. Like a lot of people may see us like friendly arguing, but really we're just getting to the right answer, you know? And if you have no one to, to go off of, well, you're kind of just stuck in, in whatever decision that you made, you got no one to go off. So luckily I have some pretty good partner stories, but I know I wouldn't be here without my partners. Yeah. I mean, choosing a partner really needs to complement your own style. They're obviously, they may be a little similar to you, but it's okay for them to be completely different, just a different point of view. Right. Um, and this brings me into your next tip, uh, which is perfect, right? Our favorite word that every single entrepreneur and business uses million times a day, pivot, right? We hear this time and time again in the business world. Uh, and that's because, you know, like great, what is it? Uh, Her- Heraclitus uh, once said, the only constant thing in life is change. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about the difficulties you confronted and what changes you had to make uh, to get you or get your team back on track? I love what you just said, because uh, even as you were, you know, I was writing these uh, for the podcast, mm-hmm. that just stuck in my head so much because I remember being in my, in a, I don't remember which class uh, in business school. And that was, they read that quote and it just mm-hmm. stuck with me so much. And I never forgot it, right? And and I'm so glad because I constantly was like aware that change was always going to be happening. And so you have to be able to adapt. Nothing today is promised. Um, some things that we had to do, you know, after the iOS changes, that was huge for the entire e-commerce industry. Anyone listening to this, if you're in e-commerce and around in 2020 to 2021 to, to feel that, Wow, what a dagger in the heart. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'll never forget that because I remember the news coming in and I was like, it's, this is, this is going to wreck our industry. So literally that night I stayed up, didn't go to sleep, and I wrote out a whole new business plan of what we were doing. At the time, we were 99% revenue coming from Facebook advertising for e-commerce. And I said, we got to change that. In two weeks, we... Uh, hired our uh, our head of paid search, Rob, who's kick-ass. And in, I think now today, Google is 35% of our business. And so that was a huge move because, you know, we knew Google, we were running Google for clients, but it wasn't like a big aspect of what we did. Now it's huge, right? And, and ever-growing. Yeah. And, and that was by design. Uh, the other thing that we did was we launched an email division. We recently acquired an SEO agency, and just a couple of weeks ago, we launched a, a web development division. What we realized was, you know, people were, at, our clients were asking us, hey, can you help us with email and Google and, and web dev and, and all this stuff? And we would always refer it out for free. We wouldn't, wouldn't collect any checks or anything. And so, you know, we did the numbers. We're like, well, that's, why are we giving this away? We should be doing all of this. And, you know, our team was excited about it. And so, you know, ever since then, we've just been able to double the business every year since and we have a huge huge trajectory going into 2023 uh with scaling all these different departments and it's actually it it helps us too because we're not just reliant on oh your website 
sucks or you got to change these things or you're not emailing your clients. So me running ads is, is only doing half the way. Now we can control that full funnel and deliver even better results for the people that we work with. And I, mm-hmm. I don't honestly, if we never made that, those pivots, we would not be anywhere near where we are today. Yeah. And those are some great points that you made. And I think about this in the same sense as, uh, um, not just a, like a, a stock portfolio. In other words, you want to diversify your income, um, and the flow coming in. Right. So when it comes to sales, what do we do? We have your regular, um, your storefronts, and then you may have a, you know, direct to business, right? B2B portion of that. You also may have, you know, some other different storefronts through Walmart or white labeling. So we got to do the same thing when it comes to marketing. We need to diversify where that's actually coming from. And when it comes to our business uh, procedures, the same thing, you know, we need to look at different avenues of bringing in revenue that is not normally within our wheelhouse. And you've done that very, very well over the last couple of years, which is obviously apparent with your success. Um, what are what is some advice that you'd give a business professional out there that is struggling through their growing pains right at this moment? It's a great question. I think it depends on what what it is that they're struggling on. Um, but I think one of the main things that is hard for a lot of people, especially I don't know why, but young entrepreneurs, they don't ask for help. Nobody yes. asks for help. And so I think t- advice to anybody out there struggling right now. Reach out to as many people as you can. Even if you get a hundred no's, all you need is one or two yeses to pick up the phone, right? And, and mm-hmm. that could change everything. I think really knowing what your pain points are and just thinking through like, what, how could I get past this pain point? What do I know to get past there? What do I need? And what do I not know? So that mm-hmm. if I do get access to someone that I can ask for help, Ask the right questions. Don't just be like, here's my problems. Help me. Like, here's, here's, maybe this is my idea to help. But like, just get, go out there, reach out, build a network, which I think is the second piece that everyone should just be doing. But mm-hmm. just ask for help because there's so many people out there willing to help for free, not, not just yeah. paying someone's like, you know, for consulting and things like that. You know, maybe if it's, if you need to and that's your only option, maybe that's a good idea. But, just ask for help from from other seasoned entrepreneurs that may have gone through similar problems. Yeah, and, and you'll be surprised of how many people will say yes. I mean, I am um, a board member on a nonprofit and something that we just started last year. And, you know, we've never done this before. And we've reached out to a couple other nonprofits and other business owners, and they were so quick to help us uh, without anything in return. So yeah, please reach out for help. If you don't know something, there's always someone else that knows a little bit more and yep. it's okay to ask, you know, turn around. We're not going to be the experts for everything. So that's, that's great advice, which ties me into your last tip, right? When you're asking for help or you're having these growing pains, you need to know why, right? So knowing your numbers is important. Tell me what this means to you. N- your numbers is everything. In fact, the reason that our name of our company is Doe Media is because it's data over ego. I don't care how we got to the right answer. I don't care what it is. Give me the numbers. Show me the Carfax, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's what at the end of the day, you gotta know your numbers. And it's so surprising how many people do not know their numbers. Or Very. maybe every maybe they think they know their numbers and they're reading it incorrectly. I, we just had a, a partner that just came to us last month 
beautiful business doing about $300,000 a month uh, in e-com. And she came to us and said she, she had all her numbers detailed. And I was going through them, like picking holes. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. If, if this was like this, then why isn't your business doing this? And she fought me on a lot of these things. And I said, look, I'm just letting you know. I'm not trying to get into a, an argument. I'm just telling you that they're wrong. Here's your actual right numbers. And this is how you should really look at the business and how we should change things. So we got rid of some expenses and you know that's something we help a lot of partners on. We don't get paid for it. We don't we don't char- you know it's it's something that like it's in our ethos to help people. You can't help but help struggling people, right? So yeah. you know we love to look at numbers and dive in and so for her we ended up cutting over $45,000 in unneeded advertising expenses. Then we were able to take her same account. She was spending like 40 grand you know, and, and, and at a, at a 40 grand to do 300 K, that's pretty good. We were able to trim that down to 30 K save her an additional 10,000 on top of the money we already saved her. And she got, I think pretty close to, a, I think she's going to do five, five to 10,000 over what she did the previous month. So, and that goes directly to her bottom line. Right. And that was just yeah. looking at the numbers and not just, uh, she was trusting some of these other agencies and I was looking at the reports. I said, these reports are are made from them. They're not from the platforms. This isn't the real number, you know, and, and I come across this all the time. And that's down to your conversion rate, your email, your customer flow. What is your lifetime value? What is your cost per acquisition? How long until they buy their, their next, uh, their next item? There's so many things in there that just, Little tweaks to each piece can get mm-hmm. you from maybe break even to doing 5% EBITDA because 5% yeah. EBITDA is way better than losing money, right? <laughs> but, you know, there's just, there's so much money that people leave on the table just because they don't know the numbers and they don't, or, or they, or they think they know the numbers and they're arrogant mm-hmm. and don't, don't, and, and that wasn't the case for, for that particular one. But there are, I've come across a lot of CMOs, CEOs, and marketers, marketing teams that are so arrogant about their numbers that they're not willing to look at it from a, from a different lens, right? So yeah. I think you just got to be open. And especially if you're that business owner, be open to everyone's opinions and then mm-hmm. form your own based on all the facts that are given to you because you don't just want to yeah. listen to one person. And I think when we're looking at the numbers is one thing you have to do as a business owner is play that devil's advocate uh, role, right? Okay. This is numbers doing well now. What happens if it doesn't, what should I do? And that, that is probably one of the most important tips that you can give someone is thinking outside the box, right? You're, you're so stuck in this same world that you do everything over and over and over again, that you, it's hard for you to to, to get out of that routine. And these numbers, that's what they do. They show you what's going on right then, right there, and gives you the opportunity to, to one plan ahead and to make those pivots, make those changes right then and there and see that change come back to you. Sometimes it's instantaneously. You said saving you $15,000 a month. I mean, that's pretty instantaneous to me. So that that's huge. Um, <laughs> You talked about some of the you know data points that you know people should be looking at. What are some data points that you and your team turn to most often, and where do you go to you know pull that information? Yeah, so if it's an e-commerce uh, partner that we're working with, we look at ad spend to revenue, or some people refer to it as a marketing efficiency ratio (MER). You got to mm-hmm. know how much you're spending for how much you're bringing in, right? Yeah. 
Most people are so stuck at looking at return on ad spend or CPA. Great numbers, and you should have them. That should be your secondary in in today's post-iOS world. But you got to know your advertising spend to revenue, right? Yes. So that's number one. Number two, yeah, let's look at that CPA and ROAS, okay? Number three, let's look at the overall cost to acquire a new customer, right? Take all of your prospecting spend that, you know, that's going to be influencer budgets, everything you're doing to acquire new customers, not returning customers, new. Divide mm-hmm. that by the number of new customers coming into your business each week, month, and figure out, okay, well, this is my new customer acquisition cost. So many people do not focus on that. And it's so, so important to the longevity yeah. of your business. And then what is your lifetime value? Over an extended period, if you're a shorter business, it's going to be, you know, if you've only been in business for a year or two, it's going to be a little bit harder to calculate, but you Mm -hmm. need to be constantly looking at that, evaluating, and then figuring out how do I increase that? You got to be looking at your average order value because if you're not even breaking even on your first purchase or even in a post iOS world, a lot of people are happy to break even on their first purchase as long as they can get that second purchase, right? So know Mm -hmm. your average order value and know if the numbers actually make sense to get to where you want. You know, there's so many brands that come to us with a $20 item with no other upsell or anything. We can't even work with them. It just won't work. I I can't get a customer to pay. You know, I can't acquire a customer for five bucks. It it doesn't work like that anymore. Maybe eight years ago, even even six years ago, maybe, but not in today's world. So I think you just got to know those numbers um, on the on the advertising and marketing side. The other side is you got to know your profit margin, right? If you're not doing at least a 60 to 75, 80% gross margin on your product, then you are not going to be able to run ads efficiently unless people are dying for your items or you built a brand somewhere else, right? Then you can have that higher cost per acquisition and all of that. So you got to have, you got to have good margin on your products. Um, I think also knowing, you know, your fulfillment and all of that, you know, different from going, do I fulfill myself? Do I work with a 3PL like you guys? Like Mm -hmm. the, the num, the money is in those margins, Right, that's where most people don't realize is the money, the profit is in those margins. We just had a partner uh, that that was fulfilling for themselves. They had two huge warehouses, and sales started to plummet. and mm-hmm. And they said, you know, look, I have to, I have to be at this revenue level, or I'm negative on my business, no matter what my other expenses are, because this is what my rent and employee and all that cost was. Well, mm-hmm. they ended up working with 3PL. And it saved them so much more money because now their business can fluctuate and they don't have to worry about hiring people, what their rent is going to be, all keeping the, the warehouse, you know, staffed up and all that. So I think those are the numbers that you got to be paying attention to. Yeah. And it makes so much sense, right? There's so much that goes into running a business on a daily, like on a daily basis. It's really easy to get lost in, you know, the daily minutia. Um, so I mean, when it comes to numbers, you talked about it earlier, AOV, right? How do you even set an AOV if you don't know what it's cost you to, you know, produce that product, to actually post it on the website, to have your IT team behind you? It, it makes perfect sense. You have to know your numbers in order to set a price, in order to know if you are profitable at the end of everything. Um, we just can't throw things and see what sticks on the wall, right? Thank you so much for sharing so much information and valuable information with us. 
and and being on the show. Did you have any final thoughts or advice for listeners out there? I think my main thing that I want to say is never give up because there's so many entrepreneurs out there or even entrepreneurial minded people that don't even realize they are entrepreneurs. In fact, when I was in college starting my first company, I had never even heard of the word entrepreneur. My my yeah. teacher, we filled out the survey. He came out to me and he's like, oh, that makes sense. You're an entrepreneur. And I said, what's that? 10 years later, I still talk to this teacher and he's still coaching me all the time, right? Um, but I think don't give up. Even if your idea failed, I've had failing companies and I've had really successful companies. I don't give up. I know that this is what I want to do and this is what I love. So don't give up. You'll see that idea or you might stumble across a business that your friend or colleague started and you're like, oh, I can help with X, Y, and Z, right? So just yeah. be aware of all those opportunities and you know your idea may have sucked or it was great. Who cares? Go on to the next one. You're going to be successful as long as you don't quit. You're, if you quit, you're done. Yes. And you heard it. Like Nick said, do not quit. It never, ever works out as planned. But as long as you don't quit, you'll always end up at your goal. Thank you so much, Nick, for being on. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you again, hopefully, in the future. Thanks, Pete. It's been awesome. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll use some of the insights provided on today's show to elevate your own business's success. As always, listen and subscribe to Ecom Elevated or follow our Soapbox social media for more amazing advice. I've been your host, Pete from Soapbox. Have a great week and we'll see you in the next episode of Ecom Elevated.